to Transparent with Tina. I'm Tina Marks, your host. And today I have an extraordinary guest. She's a wife, mother. She's a youth pastor, podcaster, blogger, and has just written her new book. Please welcome to the show, Taylor Rambo. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that I get to be on here with you today. I am so excited too. And you know, um, before we get into this, you know, I, I, Taylor and I found each other on a podcast platform because I have a podcast and she has a, a podcast and we're lo- I was looking for other individuals who have like mind and maybe we're sharing the same message and bingo. I, I, before I even talked to her, I listened to her podcast and I was so excited to talk to her. I'm like, she has to be on my show. This is, you know, the more people that carry Uh, this message forth, um, the better, especially in this time of uncertainty and what's going on. Um, You know, I I think you and I both agree that faith is, is, is number one in our lives. For, for me, I, I I wouldn't be where I am without faith. So that's Mm -hmm. absolutely number one. And um, having said that, let's, let's start off with the fact that you are a youth pastor, right? Yes. And I am involved in that. Um, so I was actually a coach and a teacher beforehand. I played college basketball and that transitioned. And after oh, three years. Are you tall? Um, I'm 5'11". That's tall. <laughs> Compared to five fours of us in the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I actually, after having um, coaching and teaching for three years, I was pregnant with my baby girl. And I just having two parents here, coaches and teachers, my husband is a coach and teacher. And so I just knew how much time that would take away from her. Um, I think coaches and teachers are amazing with what they do, but I wanted to be really involved in my daughter's life, especially at the beginning. Um, And I knew coaching would keep me from that. So I kind of felt this call to ministry, but I wasn't sure. But I started pursuing a master's, a second master's in youth ministry or in uh, ministry. Um, I basically wasted my first two (laughs) degrees because they're in health and fitness, but (laughs) that's okay. As long as it it leads you where you want to go, right? One step leads you to the next step. (laughs) Yes. So then I, um, I did that for a year and then I stepped into youth ministry. And so I'm going on, um, I'll be completing two years at the end of this month as a youth pastor. Um, and it has been amazing, but it's, it's a different world, but at the same time, you're still working with youth as I did coaching and teaching. And I love it. I love, love, love kids. It's, um, it's a passion of mine for sure. Oh, I, you know, I so agree. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I have a 16 year old, as I shared with you, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's really a great kid. Now I'm not just saying that cause he's my kid, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember those times. I remember, you know, coming into that point and you're not a kid anymore and you've got to start making more adult decisions. I mean, I remember when I graduated high school, my dad just, he, he cut me off. I'm like, can you give me some money for car insurance? He's like, nope. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean he's like, talk about like kicking the uh, bird out of the nest, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I, I just had no direction. I, you know, I wasn't going to college. And I think these years, those years on top of all the hormones kicking in, the peer pressure, uh, and now, I mean, it was many, many, many years ago that I was a teenager. Um, but now when they're, you know, a lot of kids aren't going to college because of the tuition and this and that. Um, so do you have a, a, a big impact on, you know, the, the kids that you uh, work with on like helping them with direction in that way? 
Yes, I definitely am, I would say, a mentor to a lot of students, um, mainly girls. I mean, it's just kind of because we also had another youth pastor. He's resigned now, but another a male on staff. So it was great because we were both able to kind of influence different uh, crowds of students. But yeah, I, def I feel like I provide them direction and just saying like, seek God out for what your next step is, because I don't feel something I tell them is I can't decide for you. God is not speaking to me necessarily about what's next for you. And so I will guide you in that and counsel you in that. But I don't feel like it's my decision to make for them. So I definitely um, feel like I have a responsibility in that way. Um, Another thing is I didn't actually become, I grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't a true believer until college. I actually did not have a relationship with God in middle school or high school. And so for me, it's just important to help them walk their faith out. And even the ones who are struggling, like I feel like it's my responsibility not to shame them or tell them you have to believe this, but to walk with them through that because we're all on our own journey. And I think in doing that, I, I kind of am walking alongside them and helping them decide their next steps with their careers. And am I going to college? What my parents, at, how they can't afford to, for me to, to go and things like that. And just helping them work through those questions that they have and like, what is my next step? Our senior class right now is one of the classes that I, I've been known them since they were freshmen, but my sister-in-law is actually one of them. She's a senior. And so I've known some of them since they were in, you know, 11 years old. And so being able to walk with them through this and see, see that through, it's been amazing. Oh, it must be so rewarding. So I, like you, I was raised Protestant. My mother was very spiritual. And I always considered myself a spiritual person, but I didn't pray. And I was one of these people that um, I believed in God when everything was going well. Yes. And then, I, and then when things weren't going well, and mm -hmm. there's a, a friend of mine had shared this um, saying with me, said, Tina, God is everything or God is nothing. And believe it or not, that took me a long time to get my head around. Like, what do you mean by that? And that's exactly what he means. Mm -hmm. you, you either play, you don't have one foot in and one foot out. You know, anything that you put your mind to all the way is you're going to get there faster. Okay. So mm -hmm. if you're kind of half believing in God, you're going to get half the results back. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so you said, so you were raised in a Christian household, but it wasn't until college. What, what was that moment that finally you had that aha that like, okay, now I'm, I'm really going for this. Yeah. So my parents are divorced. And so I just, um, I talk about this in the book, but there's just a lot with my past and my history where um, it was rocky, it was shaky. Um, and I just struggled to believe there was a God. My grandma was my biggest um, influencer in that way. Um, and I just feel like I, I heard what she said, but it didn't really sink in and I didn't really relate to it. But my sister had my niece, my, I have two twin sisters, they're a year and a half younger than me. Mm -hmm. And my sister had my niece and during a time where I was just going down a really bad road. I, I was playing college basketball, but it was still like, okay, my decisions were questionable. And I held that baby girl in my arms and I stared at her and I would not put her down. And I told my mom, I said, I can't look at this beautiful life and not feel like there is a God behind it. And that, that was my turning point. And I'd never experienced God like that before, really, I would say at all. And it was in that moment, all I had to do was just 
holder and I was like, oh my goodness, she's beautiful. You know, this life can be so beautiful. God is beautiful. His design is beautiful. And I don't know how I can continue to live without it. And I knew I was struggling and I was in such a bad place. So I kind of made the decision. It was like, I'm just going to try it. Like there's something missing in my life and I'm not sure what it is. So why not try it? Because I'm not headed down the road that I imagine myself being on, you know? And so that, that was, that was all it took for me. Um, and I'm so gracious for that moment because I, I'm telling you, I just, it flipped. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you said something really important because, you know, your way wasn't working for you. Okay, so why not be open to a new way, you know, and I and I believe that God is always trying to show us by putting a roadblock in, mm -hmm. in our way. If you keep getting the same roadblock, maybe it's a different face, different person or a different situation. The door keeps getting slammed on you. Maybe that's his way of going over here, go over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And I think people, that's very important for people to get, not, I'm not taking away determination or tenacity, you know, for what you really, your dreams and your desires and goals are, but we always have to pivot, you know, and right now, this is a perfect example of where the, the world is. If, 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 if we're not pivoting right now, you're going to be left behind, you know, mm -hmm. you're just really, you have, we always have to adjust. And, you know, and it's interesting, everybody says, well, we have to pivot, you know, in our lives, we always have to pivot, whether it's the pandemic or it's just a situation or a new opportunity comes up, you know, we have to constantly be pushing ourselves to move forward. And um, so let me ask you, your, the, 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 um, the youth that you work with, are they resistant when you first bring up the word God? Because a lot of people don't, I sometimes am careful of using that word. For example, my brother, I have a brother that's like, I, I wish you wouldn't use that word. Just, just say the universe. And you know what? Everybody listening, it doesn't matter if you want to say divine intelligence, you know, supreme being, universal intelligence, whatever, it's all leads back to the same thing. So if you have, you know, just a problem with that particular word, but do most of them embrace it or are most of them resisting that? Um, a lot of them embrace it. I think there are, there are handfuls that struggle with the idea of God. Um, but something that we have tried to make sure that we are open as a student ministry is to say, because I have a team that works with me, um, but just to say, you know, let them work through that. And if they don't quite embrace it, not to force it on them, but just to continue to expose them to a positive environment. And then maybe one day they'll find, it'll like click with them, you know, um, some of them, when they first come in there, they don't, they're on their phones. They don't, you know, typical teenagers and our, our thing as a, a team is just to continue to invest in those kids and to continue to invite them and make them feel like they're welcome there, even if they aren't where everyone else is. And then in doing that, that they will eventually desire to come and then they'll desire to know more about God. Um, I will say when I'm not talking to students, I am careful about using God or automatically saying faith for a while. I was like, do I tell them I'm a youth pastor? Because I don't want them to take off running the other direction, you know, thinking right. I'm going to force my, my faith on them. Um, that's not my goal, but I would be naive to say that I where I am because of myself and I'm not the reason why I am where I am today is because of God. And so I can't exclude him from the, the story, you know, but you I don't ever, 
interact with people in a way to go, if you don't believe what I believe, then we can't even, you know, have a conversation. That is not my goal. My desire is to make people feel loved no matter where they are, especially our students, because that's what they need right now. And do you see a lot of breakthroughs once they do accept the concept? I mean, I would imagine that they would have breakthroughs and maybe move really quickly once they get that and start, you know, really having an understanding about that and feeling part of. Have you experienced that? Yeah, it's like the, you know, how you get like your new, a new set of shoes and you're like, I can't wait to wear those type thing. It's that, it's that way with them. They like, they, you know, they accept Jesus into their hearts and then they get baptized and then they're like, oh, I want to be involved in a small group and I want to, you know, they're doing all the things. Something I see more often though, is when they have setbacks and it's discouraging for them and they think, oh, I have to give my life to Christ again, or he hates me now, or I'm not, you know, perfect. So I like, I can't consider myself a Christian. And so they struggle with the setbacks and I have to, you know, it's one of those things where you have to look at them and you say, no, you are forgiven. You are loved. And that opens the door for me to share my story with them to say, here is my story. Here's my history. Here are my decisions. And I'm here today. Do you see me any different? And they're like, no, I, you know, I look up to you or whatever that might be. And I'm like, this is where you can be. And so I, I see the breakthroughs often. I see this where they struggle with the setbacks more so than that though. Right. And there's something to be said by leading, leading by example. I mean, you just being the person you are, you know, you're not preaching, you, you know, you're living, uh, living example. So, so having said that, so you started blogging, you have a podcast, you've just written a book, we're going to get there. But before Mm -hmm. you started your podcast, you started blogging. And and what's, what started that? What inspired you to start blogging? Oh, my baby girl. And what do you blog about? Yes. So my baby girl, she's um, the reason why I started. I actually have rebranded. Um, you know, it was just kind of like a startup thing. And I honestly would hope, I hoped it would go somewhere. I never imagined it would get to where it is. Um, but I had a newborn, which who starts in a blog when they have a newborn <laughs> and they have another job? Yes, I do. <laughs> Um, but I was finding myself every single day. I was struggling, um, with mom guilt. I was struggling because I'd scroll on social media and this mom had her kids in bed on time and she's watching her show by six o'clock and like everything's going well, her house is clean. Like, or I would struggle because I had to, you know, tell my husband, Hey, on your way home, you're going to have to stop and pick up food because our kid was crying for five hours, you know, which isn't often with her. She's actually a really happy uh, little girl, but I was always struggling. Like I would cry at night and I'm just going, why can't I be perfect? Like everybody else, why don't I have everything together? And I would see the way that game. Yeah. Yes. And I finally got to the point where I asked myself, do I want my daughter to live this way? And I don't. So I was like, I need to show her. She needs to know she doesn't have to be perfect. And I said, I am dropping this whole be perfect. You have to live by the standard of perfection every day. Instead, I want her to look at me and I want her to say, my mom just tried to be better in everything that she did every day. And she didn't always get it right. And so I just, I know other women struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Women are, are my target audience. There are a few men, my husband is one of them who, yeah. you know, looks at the blog, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know other people struggle with that. And I wanted to say, let's stop putting out the perfectionist, 
like idea on our social medias. Let's stop acting like we have everything together. Let's be real and authentic. And when we do that, we're more relatable. Our relationships thrive and people can look at us and say, I'm where you are and I'm walking with you through this. And I wanted that so bad for my daughter. So that's why I started the blog. I love that, Taylor, because you know what? It is so true. You go, you scroll through Instagram. It seems like everybody except me is going on vacation <laughs> or they just got engaged or, you know, but, but we, you know, viewers understand that they are not posting the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. A lot of people, they just want to do this or, you know, that they just got flowers or this or that. And, you know, mm -hmm. you and I are very, are very the same. I post everything that's happening to me. If I feel it's beneficial to my viewers, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just, I decided to be that's the name of my show, Transparent with Tina. I decided a long time ago to become transparent because you know what? I think this is going to make people feel less alone. Okay. People feel alone for exactly the reason you said. Everybody else is, is, is there's something wrong with me. I mean, everybody has a level of feeling unworthy. I think mm -hmm. everybody does. But you know what? When you, when you fully accept yourself and you're transparent, it's a, it's a very cathartic tool to be able to share with other people because you know there's a, there's an expression um, people that have nothing to hide hide nothing so this is saying you know what yeah i made mistakes wasn't the best decision you know i used to carry shame around that but you know what if this can help you then it was worth it right yes. it's not okay yes. And it's so exhausting too. It's exhausting to feel every, like I'm running around the house picking up toys and then my kid just runs and throws them all out again. Like it's exhausting. And I was like, I can't, I'm spending so much energy on the things that don't really matter that I can't give her the energy that she needs for me. And I can't give it to my husband. Like yeah. I, last night I was telling my husband, I said, the old Taylor would be going nuts right now about this living room. And I said, and now I'm like, I don't care. I'll get it at the end of the day. Like it's, it's exhausting. So Yes. It, it's so freeing. And you know what? It wreaks havoc on your nervous system. And I was angry. I was sad and fearful. And then the, you know, the emotion on top of that is anger. But I was like, you know, angry, sad, and fearful most of my life. And it's just no way to live it. And that was a turning point for me when I went, that doesn't make any sense that God would put us on this planet for us to exist this way. Just doesn't even make sense, you know, what to like, just get through life. Cause what's at the end, you know, the finish line, then, you know, we're not here anymore. So to like, and that, that, that's the name of your podcast, which is better, not perfect, which I love that. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but tell us about yeah. your podcast. So what, what is, is the, the, is the blog go hand in hand with the podcast talking pretty much about the same thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so the blog is kind of like my, I, I was doing it once a week and I kind of released myself from that. So now I do it twice a week. Sometimes I have guest posts, but um, the blog is just kind of the premise behind that is sharing authentic struggles or thoughts that I've had within the two weeks that I'm writing. And so, you know, like, Hey, this is something I've struggled with or a thought being authentic in that and saying, here's how I have dealt with it. It might not work for you, but I want to put that out there for people to, you know, 
to not feel so alone. And the podcast is the same. It's, it's, it's multiple things. I, I do my own episodes and I also have guest appearances. And so it's women who are coming on and saying, here's where I am. This is how I got there. This is what I've done, you know, type thing. And then also me addressing topics that sometimes we don't want to talk about as a society or things that I have struggled with and just wanting to encourage people. That's my main goal is encourage people to just be themselves, to be authentic and to be okay with that and to embrace authenticity that's my main goal exactly that you and I are, are the message like I said in the beginning is the same and you know what I have found and I and I uh, I don't know if I shared this in a post or it was my last video I'm not sure but what I learned this last year was to really accept myself not just the stuff I like about myself but the shadow side of myself you know I mean I can be very fiery I'm a Scorpio tiger Okay, in the, in, the, in the Zodiac, right? I'm like, thanks, God. Scorpio's not tough enough. Now I got to be a tiger on top. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's okay. Well, you know, I would love to be this easygoing person. It, but you know what? That's not me. Mm -hmm. um, I can all, there's always areas that I can improve, but mm -hmm. accepting who I am. How can I accept, expect others to accept themselves? If I haven't accepted myself, mm -hmm. you know, and when we talk about it, I think you find this too. Again, it's very cathartic because if you're sharing something that the struggle that you went through that week that you overcame, okay. It's like, rarely do we give ourselves enough credit for the things that we do right. Right. Mm -hmm. We're always saying we could have done something better, but this way, when you actually write about it or you talk about it, or I find journaling exceptionally important in doing that too. It's like you recognize, wow, you know, I've been a little out of balance all these years. I've been mm -hmm. clobbering myself for things that I haven't done, but I have not really given myself enough praise for moving forward. And, you know, mm -hmm. benchmarking is very important. You know, what would I have done last year? And just like you said, in the living room with the toys, right? That's a benchmark. And mm -hmm. we need to stop and say, look how far we come. We've come, not how far we have left to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's the thing too, is perfectionists that we can't reach perfection. It's in scripture. We were not, you know, we are not, we don't live in a world where perfection is actually attainable. And so it's like, we're trying to reach something that we're never going to accomplish. So we're just going to find ourselves beating ourselves up all the time. And I don't think it's so much that we have to become complacent with the areas where we need work. I just think it becomes like, kind of like you said, we accept ourselves and we work on those things, but we understand that we don't have to be perfect, nor can we be. And so I think we should continue to work to be better in those areas, but trying to reach perfection, is, it, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, if you don't praise yourself, you're not going to feel motivated to keep moving forward. You're going to be mm -hmm. like, for me anyways, I was like, what's the use? Not, nothing's yes. happening anyway. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything. You know, if I can't be perfect, then that doesn't even count. Mm -hmm. you know, instead, I go, hey, look, you've made a little bit of an improvement here. And then I go, and it, it does. It motivates you to keep going, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think that's knowing our why too. Huh? I think us knowing our why too is important. Like, why are we doing these things Absolutely. instead of just focusing on what have we not, like you said, what haven't we accomplished? So that helps us stay exactly. focused. You're wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have all my clients write down, why do you want to make this amount of money? You know, because for me, I'm not driven by money. Mm -hmm. I am driven by helping people. 
and mm -hmm. money follows that, you know, then I, then I can spend more time with my son. So the, the money just for money's sake, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But why do I, you know, I do want to spend more time with my son. I would like to take him on more trips. I would like to create more memories. I'd like mm -hmm. to free up some more, more of my time you know, so I can help more people and, and, and so forth. Absolutely. So, uh, let's talk about your book. Really exciting. And it's coming out. It's on Monday. On Monday. Actually, <laughs> May 18th. By the time this airs, it will be out because yes. it's going to be airing next Friday. So it's called Reckless Grace, A Journey to Bold Forgiveness. I love that title. Can you explain yeah. how you came up with that title? I came up with it after I wrote the book. <laughs> I am. Um, yes, I struggled so much. I was like, I don't really know what I want to title this, but I got to a place where I was like, God, you just are going to reveal it to me. So I'm going to keep writing because I feel like you have called me to this. Mm. And um, it, it just kind of flowed. I want to, I want people to walk on a journey with me as, so I am also traveling on a journey with them. And when I think about journey and I think about what it means to be reckless and I was thinking about the song reckless love. And I was like, no reckless grace. And with a W people are like, what? That's you misspelled that. And I'm like, no, it's right. You know, reckless grace. Like when our grace is actually oh, reckless. When think we, about that reckless or yeah. W. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just, my, my heart behind, that is just for us to pursue grace as well as be able to receive it. And something I found, I share my story throughout, but something I also found was because I wasn't able to extend or receive grace because of some things that had happened, it was a result of forgiveness, but also my relationships were struggling. Like even the one, my husband, it was my connection with him. There was something in between because of things in my past. Mm -hmm. And so I had to deal with those. And I also had to get to a place where it was like, how do I extend grace as well? And I think it helped me step into my purpose when I started to discover that. Um, so I just walk, ask readers to walk with me through that. I give them some practical steps on how I, you know, journeyed on this venture to forgiveness and asking them to do the same if they're struggling with it. I also encourage people to share their story because I think there is so much value, you know, in sharing our stories. We might hear someone on a podcast or on the radio and that you say, I want to share my story, write a book, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And then their story is the, you know, it sounds almost the, the very similar and they just wrote a book. And so then you go, oh, it's not worth me sharing my story. That's not true. You well, I felt that crazy. same thing when I wrote, like in my book, I'm like, well, this has already been said. But you know what the difference is? Everybody listening, it hasn't been said the way you say it. Because, you know, it, it, it mm -hmm. could be the same message, but it's not in your tongue. Again, mm -hmm. it's not your story. Because, you know, I, I had people that came into my coaching schedule and I was uh, life coaching. After they came in, after they read my book, they said, you shared this certain story. And I completely identified with it. And that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Right? Your experiences are different. Yes. Yeah. Is there a certain story in your book that you want to share with us today? Um, man, where I don't, I can share. <laughs> I'm going to save the one about my husband and I, everybody loves that story. That one's actually a lighthearted one. So I'll, I'll save that one. But, um, yeah, so I walked through, um, all forms of abuse as a child. Um, I experienced sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, emotional abuse, um, which typically naturally comes with all of it. Um, to the point that I'm actually still pursuing counseling and doing EMDR right now as a youth pastor, as a mama, like I don't have everything together. Um, but the reason I share that uh, story is just for people to say like, 
one, you can speak up and say something and I want them to have the freedom to do that. But two, you don't have to live based on your past. You don't have to live based on allow somebody else to have control over you and your future. You don't have to stay there. And so it, it's hard. That was the hardest chapter for me to write just because it, it's hard for people to resonate with. How do I come to a place of forgiveness with, with someone who's hurt me as bad as they have, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I was on this journey with God and I finally decided like I'm giving my enemies so much more control over my life than they actually deserve. And so I just decided to release it, you know, come to a place of saying, I'm going to seek counseling for this and I'm going to get professional help, but I'm also going to seek forgiveness in this. And so, um, that was one of the hardest chapters for me to write. And I, I go into a little bit more detail in the book, um, about, about that journey as well. Um, I, I talk about broken relationships I've experienced with my parents and, but it, I say all that to say the book is a thousand percent wrapped around redemption. It's, it's, it involves redemption. And, and the reason why it does is because God is the reason I have experienced any of this. And he is a God, he's a redemptive God. And so it was just my way of encouraging people to say, you don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to be defined by who you were Mm -hmm. and you can walk through this life and live it to the fullest and step into your purpose. But there are things we have to do in order to get to that place. Exactly. And you know what? I think oftentimes, you know, we have, we're faced with tremendous challenges at just in order for us to realize how strong and how capable we really are. You know, my mom used to say, God never gives you more than you can, more than you can handle, even though it appears that way, because it is appearance, right? Mm -hmm. If you say you can't handle something, then you can't. If you say that you can, you can. And for you, because I have the same experience to a certain degree too, uh, I share about my father in in my book and he's been passed since I was 28 years old. Um, But even if he were alive, you know, did you have that? oh, I don't want to share that because they're going to read it and then they're going to be upset with me. And I mean, that, that probably was a struggle for you too. Yes. Um, I actually let both of my parents read it beforehand. Um, and it was, it was, you know, and I, I'm appreciative because of the way that they responded. They were gracious and, oh, my mom, um, I might cry talking about it. My mom, it, you know, she read it and she said, Taylor, you, I'm so proud of you. And I, you know, this is you telling your truth and your story. And the reason why these things happen were because of decisions I made, but I'm so proud of you. And to hear her say that, instead of looking at me to say, why would you put this in the book? Why, you know, she was so supportive in owning, you know, what she did and coming back and saying, I'm sorry, but I love you. And I'm proud of you. And my mom has, and I, I, I go into detail about that too. So while I share some rockiness with my relationships, I'm like, here's where we are today. And this is why, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm close with my mom. I love my mama. She's my, she's my rock. <laughs> I was going to say that probably set her free too, mm-hmm. to a certain degree too. You know what I mean? Yeah. To uh, be accountable, like you said. Yeah. And I, that's my hope is that it does set people free and even the people in the book. And I, I did struggle with it, but I also share 
some of my past sins and my really all of them. There are things I put in the book and decisions I made that I've not shared with anyone besides my husband, Mm -hmm. but I didn't leave that chapter out. And the reason why was because I can't promote transparency and authenticity and I don't live it out. And if I can call other people, I'm not calling anyone out in the book, but if I can say, here's where they were, here's he, you know, here's where they are now, I have to be willing to do the same for myself. I'm not who I used to be, exactly. you know? And so it's one of those things where I, it's like, I'm nervous in a, in a sense, I'm kind of scared of how some people might respond to it. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this for people. I'm writing it for God because I believe that he can use this to free other people who are receptive to it. Exactly. So, you know, and, and there's another thing too, which you might as well be authentic because not everybody's going to like you or like the book anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well come from your truth, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. who cares what everybody else thinks? If you're, it, it, it all depends on what your intention is. Is your mm-hmm. intention just to do it to make money or to be recognized? No, your intention mm-hmm. is to help people. And as long as, t- as you stay on course with what your intention is, and it's a good intention it's to serve other people and the, the benefit for other people as well as yourself, you can't go wrong. Right. You know, because I had the same thing in my book. I remember a friend of mine said, you really want to include that? I said, yeah, I really want to include that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I just, it is a scary place to be in, but it's like you said, it's freeing. And I just, I, I also, you know, with the blog, with the podcast, it was one of those things when it started out, it, it wasn't like super successful. I've done things, you know, intentionally to make it to get it to where it is now. Um, But even with that, I had to remind myself, I'm not doing this for monetary reasons. When it becomes about that, I need to stop doing it. Mm -hmm. It is because if I encourage one person, if one person texts me and says, Taylor, I was inspired by what you said, Mm -hmm. that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to knowing my why. And it's the same with this book. It's like, I don't do, I would, I love to sell multiple copies. Yes. You know why? Because that means more people are getting to experience the same redemption that I am trying to talk about the same grace that I'm talking about in the book. So the reason why I would love to sell more copies is because I want more people to, you, you know, come to, to this place. You want yes. I want to reach people. more people. But when it becomes about the monetary aspect of it, that's when I, I go, okay, it, it can't be about that. I have to understand my why. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important too. When we start to pursue our dreams and our passions and we start to step out in confidence and do these things that we, you know, never thought we would, we have to remember our why, because that's what keeps us focused. And that's what continues to push us when what we think should be happening doesn't. It, it's taken a while for me to get exactly. to where I am. Exactly. And I, and I think when you're in alignment with your purpose and your intention, the money will follow. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a saying, do what you love and the money will follow. Mm-hmm. And then I add on, and even if it doesn't, you'll still be happy because you won't mm-hmm. need as much because, you know, I've been on both sides where I felt like I needed the newest and brightest this, and, and it was filling a void Okay. Mm-hmm. And the void was the spiritual goal, ha- finding my purpose, carrying that out, which is helping other people. And that's what fulfills me. And that's where I feel rewarded. No yes. amount of shopping could do that for me. So mm-hmm. I am so glad that you brought that up. So let me ask you, I know that your book just came out. I'm not trying to put a lot of pressure on you, but what's next? Do you know what's next? I actually have three major projects I'm working on right now. (laughs) I think I I can tell you, um, I can tell you about one of the three. Um, I'm working on another book right now. (laughs) Wow. Fantastic. (laughs) 
So, um, which is crazy because I, so with my current book, it's been just, it has been a lot more than I actually expected when I stepped into it. It's been a lot of work. And, but I, I started writing a second book. So that's one of the, the three major projects I have coming up in, in the next, um, hopefully in the next uh, year or so. Okay. Yeah. Set a goal. You know, my first yeah. book took me eight years to write. And my second book took me four year, four months to write. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? It's got to be done by July, whatever it was. And so what yeah. you tell yourself, you know, mm-hmm. so and I, I the, have the, to have you on the show when the second book is released. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. Oh, I love what you do. Uh, um, actually, the this book, I wrote eight manuscripts. I've deleted, I deleted seven manuscripts and and then I decided I'm going to do it this time. I'm not going to, you know, set myself back. So I didn't delete it. And now we're here. So there's that fear going, I don't have anything to say. This isn't good. That was all that self-judgment, right? Yeah. You finally said, yeah, I, I share that in my book too. That's why it took me eight years to write. I'd write and that voice would go in my head. I'd put it down. Then mm-hmm. the yep. little voice would go, come on, come on, come on. And I write a little bit more. That's why it took eight years to write. But you yeah. know, it's something inside. And there was that, even the flame was very dim back then. At least it was shining enough for me to go, just keep, keep going. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of the message to people. Just keep going. Yes, right? yes, yes. Even if it's not perfect, keep going. So your book, uh, they can get an ebook, an audible, and the paperback on Amazon? Yes, um, they can get both or all three. Um, the audiobook is supposed to be released by then. It's not in my control anymore. I was stressing out about that for the last week, and I said I got to release it. I did my part. I did what I was supposed to do. Now I have to wait. So, um, but it should be available. The audiobook for sure. The ebook and paperback um, will be available, but the the audiobook is set to release on May 18th as well. Okay, perfect. So again, it's Reckless Grace, A Journey to Bold Forgiveness. And, and I'm offering 30% off right people now. Contact you. Is it through your website? How, how can people contact you? Um, yeah, so email, but they can access my email through my website. My website is tayrambo.com. Um, and then Instagram, I'm on Instagram often. So it's the Taylor underscore Rambo. Okay. And I love talking to people. So if they message me, they need to be careful because I might go, okay, tell me everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure um, spending this time with you and I love what you do and just keep, keep doing it. You know, everybody Thank wants you. to hear from you. Really. You're just a, 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 what you're, you're a thought leader, you're a bright light, you, and you know what, you started off teaching, you're just teaching on a different level now, aren't you? Thank you so much. You're amazing. I'm so grateful to be on here and I absolutely love what you do. And, um, I am just so grateful that we have women like you paving the way for, for people like me. Yeah, exactly. You support one another. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for watching this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tina Marks TV. Uh, My website is transparentwithtina.com. We'll see you next time.